Hello, and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. On today's episode, we are sitting down with our guest, Tammy Rosario, Principal Planner with James City County. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you for having me. Glad you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about your department and what it is that you do? Sure. I work for the Department of Community Development, particularly the Planning Division, and I'm responsible for the long-range planning activities in the county. So the Comprehensive Plan, hopefully all of your viewers have heard of the Comprehensive Plan and read it cover to cover. Cover to cover. Um, it, it's we, on our coffee table at my house. It's, it's a beautiful document. It is. We review and update it about every five years, but in between those, we're busy implementing the Comprehensive Plan. What do we want the county to look like and how do we get there? I know that driving around town sometimes we see red signs that say that there's a public hearing coming up about a piece of property. Is that something that your office does? Certainly. My counterpart, Ellen Cook, she manages the current planning side of the house. And every time a development proposal comes in, our planners are looking at that against the comprehensive plan and thinking about what the community wants and whether it is a good fit for our community. They're analyzing it getting public input through the public hearing process and Mm -hmm. letting the planning commissioners and the board of supervisors make those decisions. Can you talk about that process a little bit? So somebody has applied for, say, a special use permit. They've got a piece of property. They want to do something a little different than what it's zoned for. Maybe it has greater impacts than what might normally be allowed in that area. Perfect. So give an example of what goes on once they've decided to do that. They come into our office and make application and there's a process by which adjacent property owners get notified. We transmit out those plans to different agencies, whether it be stormwater, fire, the attorney's office, just anyone who might have an interest in making sure that the development is adhering to our regulations and might have comments. We get comments back from all these agencies and we compile them and have a meeting with the applicant to say, these are the issues that we're hearing about. How can we address them? Mm -hmm. And we go through a process of accommodating it in the plan, making some conditions, and we're preparing a report to the planning commission to recommend approval of that or denial of that based upon how well things are, are looking. Okay. The planning commission will then hold a public hearing It's advertised in the paper. People are encouraged to contact us throughout the entirety of the process, but certainly to come to those meetings. The Planning Commission hears from the developer, hears from staff, hears from the community, and makes a recommendation to the Board of Supervisors. Next month, typically, it goes to the Board of Supervisors, and we do the same thing. You hear from staff, you hear from the community, you hear from the developer, you hear from the Planning Commission, And then the Board of Supervisors makes the final decision. Now, I know that our county's (laughs) website has all of this information that if people have questions, they see a red sign, they have questions about what's going on, they do not necessarily have to call your office to ask, correct? That's right. They can go to the website and they can find out who our staff contacts are, of course, but they can also access our case tracking system and match the number on that red sign to our case tracking system. If they ever need assistance, they can call our front desk and they can walk them through that process from the luxury of their own home. Mm -hmm. They don't have to come into our office, but we're happy to see walk-ins as well. Okay. And one thing that I think is really nice that we offer, by the time it goes to the Board of Supervisors, there is a set of files that's available to everybody online that it includes aerial maps, if that exists, it includes all their supporting documents that have gone along with that application. So they can see 
Joe Citizen sitting at home can see pretty much the entire application. That's right. Case track, as I talked about previously, is more as it's going through those different agencies and they're working through the case. And that might not be the point at which, that's an early point, but the point at which a lot of citizens might be interested is when the materials get posted to Novus. Okay. Um, okay. And they're all ready for the Planning Commission or Board of Supervisors meeting. There would be a memorandum with an executive summary. Mm-hmm. So someone can get a real quick view of it from the front page. There's a map. There are all sorts of supporting documents typically that would help people understand more details about the case. Okay. Well, let's start talking a little bit about the upcoming workshop I understand that you'd like to talk about. Oh, sure. We're really excited. We are kicking off a Pocahontas Trail Corridor study. And this upcoming workshop is our first opportunity to connect with the community at large uh, in Grove and other areas of the county who might be interested in telling us what the existing conditions are on Route 60 uh, Pocahontas Trail. We're specifically looking at the area from the fire station number two, to James River Elementary School. We know that there is traffic congestion, particularly Mm -hmm. on certain weekdays, Thursdays and Fridays we've heard so far, but if there are emergencies down there, all traffic stops. We know that it can be difficult to get around uh, if you don't have a vehicle, if you're not traveling by car. There are some incomplete sidewalks and bike accommodations are pretty tough. We've also have some indication that lighting is a concern and Because there are no shoulders and there are deep ditches, people can't pull off when there are emergencies or it's hard to get around buses. So this is our chance to hear about all of those concerns, how big of a concern they are, and then moving on from that, what people would like to see change out there. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about the study. The county was able to get funding to do something down in Grove around 2011-2012, and It wasn't enough money to do all of the improvements, as we soon learned, but we do have enough money to start off with this study to see really what do people want out there. And then once we get a prioritized set of improvements that people want out there, then we can really strategize and go after dollars to get those things constructed. I have a a friend in the office who always says, I want to see something get paved. So we have a real desire, (laughs) not just to study something, but then to see it come to fruition. Okay. So when is this workshop? We are planning it for Thursday, November 16th, starting at 630. Okay. It's at the Abram Frank Community Center. And that is connected to James River Elementary School? It is. It's right next door. So if somebody accidentally, uh, well, you can park at the same location, but if you accidentally walk up to the school, you just truck a couple feet down and you can hit to rec center. Okay. And what if somebody is not able to come to that meeting that night? Is there any other way for them to give input? Certainly. We always want input whether people can come to the workshop or not. I will make a plug, first of all, for people to come to the workshop itself because it's going to be a presentation followed by some really interactive activities where you can have different ways of giving your input, whether it's You like to speak or you like to write or you just like to talk to the person next to you. But anyway, if you can't come to the workshop, we're working on a web page. We'll have to share that later. Okay. Certainly somebody could email us at planning at jamescitycountyva.gov. And we always encourage people to talk to the steering committee because we have learned about some leaders in the community who are helping us with this endeavor 
people like Glenn Carter, Kirkland Goddard, Gloria Hill, James Curtis, Tracy and Eric Williams, Pat and Tom McCormick, Rob Till, George Drummond, Danny Schmidt. All those folks are available to talk to. They're probably a neighbor of somebody out there. Sure. In addition to a great group of citizens helping us and advising us through this process, we also have some technical committee members who are helping us look at it from the angles of stormwater. There's a wonderful drainage study being done down there and work that we're getting prepped to uh, be able to address some drainage issues. We also have parks and recreation, thinking about problems and solutions down there, as well as the schools, fire, uh, the police, and also WADA. WADA and the schools have buses that traverse the road and frequently have issues with respect to the deep ditches or not adequate pull-offs because we know that personally going to a meeting down there at four o'clock, I hit it right at the sweet spot where Mm -hmm. we were waiting for buses every six houses or so it seemed. And we certainly want to make sure that we are preparing for pull-offs but also that we're thinking about where people really want transit stops. And maybe there are bus shelters that would be very helpful to people. It's pretty depressing to think about somebody standing along that road at a bus sign in the pouring rain, sandwiched between fast-moving traffic, maybe semis, and a steep ditch with no shoulder. Not good. So we want to address that. Okay, okay. How long has this project been going on? We just kicked it off uh, this month, and so this is the opportunity. We don't really have any preconceived notions. Uh, We want people to get us straight. What is really uh, the situation out there, and what would they like to see be improved? Because we'll take that feedback and come up with some alternatives, some concepts. And we'll come back to the community in January. We'll prioritize things. We'll test it out. And then we're looking to finish this up in May. Okay. Once the study is complete, what happens then? We will be checking in with the Board of Supervisors along the way. And once the study gets approved, we're hitting a sweet spot where there are some funding opportunities. That's what we're really aiming for, that we might be able to get out of this process a project that we can submit and compete successfully for those dollars so that we can get something in the hopper sooner rather than later. All of these types of corridor studies, we come out of them with short-term, mid-term, and long-term recommendations. Mm -hmm. So quick hitters, but then there might be items that we really need to apply for multiple years of funding in order to really get to that point of construction ready to go. What are some other examples of corridor studies that have been done? One that we're real excited about that the county, I think, had a positive experience with was the Long Hill Road Corridor Study, Mm -hmm. which was Phase 1 from Route 199 to Old Town Road. And it was another situation where we got a lot of community, great community feedback. It, It went exactly into the vision for the corridor. We turned around and used that vision in the funding applications, and we were successful in that first year and got all of the funding to do the widening for that stretch with the sorts of things that the community wanted, which included landscaping and bike and pedestrian accommodations, because we know that, especially along that stretch, just like in Pocahontas Trail, there are people who will use the corridor beyond just the vehicle. There are a lot of pedestrians and 
bicyclists in that area. So this really gives folks the opportunity to get out, meet their neighbors, and really become a part of the solution to the problem. Yes, I just love going out and hearing what people have to say and hear the conversations because I learn something new each time. No matter how many times we as staff can look at it or go out and walk it, it's hearing from the people that really makes a difference and helping us understand the true solutions that might be needed. Again, when is it and where is it? It is Thursday, November 16th, starting at 6.30. I encourage people to come uh, at that start time so they can hear the presentation and be part of the whole evening. But even if they have to be late, we think we can jump them right in and be part of the conversation. All right, very good. All right, Tammy, typically on these podcasts at the end, I like to ask a few questions that really have nothing to do with anything that we've talked about so far. Are you game? I'm game. All right. What do I win? Well, actually, my adoration? Maybe? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I got a phone call on Wednesday from someone in your office. I didn't prank you, I swear. It wasn't you. No, no, no. And I was told that there was a question on Brian Hill's podcast the other day that is a question that you all discuss and debate quite vigorously in the planning office. There are certain people who feel very strongly about the definition of pizza. Well, I am now here to ask you, Tammy Rosario, what is your definition of pizza and what are the basic elements that a pizza must have to be considered pizza? Well, you know, uh, not to go too far out there, I'm, I'm more inclusive than not. So I would say as long as you have a crust and toppings ah, and that it's melted okay. in some form or fashion, it's okay. hot, okay, baked. All right. But, you know, there are those out there who shall remain nameless who say that it must include tomato sauce. Oh, not, okay. Not... You know, white sauce, not barbecue sauce, tomato sauce. Tomato sauce, okay. And cheese. And cheese. And certainly not other types of toppings that might be uh, also disliked by the president of Iceland or whomever. Such as? Pineapple. Pineapple. (laughs) Yeah, so what is your thought on pineapple? I'm not a, a personal fan of pineapple on pizza, but... I'll, I'll go for it every now and then. Okay. All right. Well, very good. I have a few other questions that came from this same person. I'm not <laughs> going to ask them now because I know that you have lots of stuff going on and planning all the time. So when you come back another time, I'm going to bring those out. I'm very <laughs> impressed. And this person also connected me to a very cool source for more questions. So stay tuned. So we have a mole in the office. I'm not saying that. Well, I guess I am. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. But it comes from love. Certainly. (laughs) It comes from love. Do you have any children? I do. Yes. How many? What ages? Sure. I have two great kids. Uh, One is 13-year-old. He's my son. And my eldest is a girl. She's 16. Okay. Very good. Both are taller than me. Okay. Well, I understand that. So, (laughs) yeah. Do you have a connection to Iceland? Yes. Okay, tell us about that. That's not on my list, but when you said the president of Iceland, that made me remember. Oh, well, you know, I can only claim it by marriage. My husband is half Icelandic, half Filipino, and his mother 
he grew up there for the first three years of his life, so we have enjoyed going back and visiting with family. It's a really cool place. It's no James City County, but it's probably a nice place to go visit. Right. I wouldn't want to live there like many people want to live in James City sure, County. of course, because we're the best county in the world. We are. Yeah. We are. And, you know, we certainly have uh, better weather. Yes, we do. <laughs> and we're humble. I mean, I think that that's important. <laughs> what TV show are you into right now? Oh, popular in our household would be Stranger Things. Very good. Modern Family. Yes. And The Middle. Oh, okay. This is the last season. It is. It is. Pretty sad. Yeah. So, last question. It has not been very painful, has it? No. We've done a really good job. You're a joy. Yeah. <laughs> I am a joy. Yes, I am. I love that. You're hosting Out of Town Company at your house for a week. What are the maybe top three experiences you would like for them to have in James City County before they head back home? Well, we have some adventure seekers in the family, so uh, we would probably take them to Bush Gardens. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, we had a student come and stay with us from France last month. We we did Hallow Scream with her, and she loved it. We also took her to Jamestown Settlement. That was part of an organized event and you can never get enough of Jamestown settlement. You learn something new each time. Agreed. And I think just for the sheer fun of it, it would have to be Go Ape. Okay. Very good. Three great choices. <laughs> Very good. Well Tammy, thank you so much for being here. I hope you had a good time. I did, Renee. Yeah, we will absolutely have you back because you have lots of workshops and lots of meetings coming up. So And lots of deep dark secret stories, right? Yes. (laughs) That you just want to uncover. I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Tammy. Thank you, Renee. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you for listening. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts today. We'll talk with you next week.